Yeah, that sounds like a James Bond movie. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's May 9th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 198. This is No Agenda. Guarding the switch that operates the financial earthquake machine. And coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, and Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California, IA. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where we've got two shows, including this one to go. Before we do show number 200, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. And in the morning to you, my friend, John. In the morning to everybody out there listening. Yes, everybody on the streams. Noagendastream.com is where we do it live Sunday and Thursday morning. Although uh, my recommendation is people have it set up so it automatically downloads on iTunes through the podcast mechanism that, <laughs> that allows you to pick up your, your iPod show. in the morning and listen on the way to work. Yeah, that's true. But there's a lot of fun when we do it uh, live. Yeah, well, we do it live. That's the thing. We do a live show, essentially live to tape. Mm-hmm. So, anything you want to just pop out there before we jump right into uh, the news of the day? No. <laughs> I've been watching. I was watching some Saturday morning cartoons, and I picked up. There's a little show where there's little dinosaurs, and uh, kind of done in CG. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have all, nothing but propaganda. It's amazing. There's a, most of the. Uh, Is that the one you say, sent me? The the YouTube video. No, that's a different one. That's actually done by Fiore, the cartoonist over here in San Francisco, who. Uh, uh, is uh, was the guy they banned from the uh, Apple iPod, or uh, the iPhone, or oh, whatever the uh, because he was a he does satire? He's an editorial cartoonist <laughs> that is now doing animations. Right. And he's hilarious. He's, I met him once. He's one of the, he's, he is one of the most talented guys in the country. It's funny you mentioned that about cartoons. Uh, I got a note from uh, producer Jason. Uh, he was watching uh, American Dad, which is the, the Seth uh, MacFarlane uh, show. Yeah. And he says there's a scene in it. I haven't actually looked at it myself. Uh, I, I believe it's the most recent one. Old lady in the grocery store, she's at the counter, picks up a pack of something, and for no reason flips it over. Camera zooms in on the nutrition label, and it goes straight into the sodium content, which is, he says, like 240. Camera cuts back to the old lady. She shakes her head and puts it back, and the scene continues. Completely (laughs) unnecessary in the entire storyline. But it's salt. We've got to get rid of salt. So Seth MacFarlane. It may have been pointing out the fact that it's idiotic. Maybe I don't think I don't think people are figuring out that this is happening yet. This is this is not quite so prevalent. Well, this, we want to start off with something a little light since we're going into this kind of uh, the way the brainwashing is working here now and again. Uh, I've got an interesting little thing we have to play. A ditty? Yeah, a, a little, little a, a little ditty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Let's play a ditty. I got two of them from there. There are two Law and Order clips back to back. Wait, wait. Uh, okay. It seems as though Dick Wolf has flipped on at least one issue. Wait a he's minute. Not, he, he's not on board with the program anymore. <laughs> well, at least on this one. <laughs> Either that, or he, or 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 if he since we we know he's lockstep, right? Yeah. Maybe the program is not what we think it is. Oh. Play one. Oh, okay. Evidence that human conduct causes climate change is open to debate. What's indisputable is the foolishness of the solutions to that supposed problem. Cap and trade of carbon emissions injects scientists into the financial sector, where we have no place to be. 
Excuse me. I do not agree with Dr. Silva's views on global warming, but that does not mean that he is wrong about cap and trade. It's a racket, and government policy should look elsewhere. Thank you, Dr. Brown. It's nice to know that we can find common ground, even even despite our ideological differences. Oh, okay. And then he drops dead, by the way. Oh, (laughs) okay. Uh, well, I don't. I don't call that a flip just yet. Okay, then play clip two. We got a double flip. Silva has a file here labeled "smoking gun." It's an email thread from a Dr. Everett Brown to a Dr. Larry Cattermole, dated two weeks ago. We have to adjust these data hiccups. Any temperature anomalies will encourage the climate deniers. We can't allow that. Sounds like they were fudging data. Silva's not on the distro list for these emails, meaning he's not supposed to have them. Stolen emails proving that two global warming scientists were cooking their numbers. No wonder Silva was worried about somebody hacking his computer. All right, so maybe Brown or Catamull figured out that Silva had hacked theirs and decided to shut him up. Guess who was on the panel with Silva? But either way... That guy sounds a lot like Obama. You know, that black is the, the yeah, big black guy. Yeah, really? Stand, stand-up comic. He doesn't sound enough like him, but he could probably do him. He's a stand-up comic, the and vo- a lot of black comics are finally picking up the Obama cadence. See, see, I don't watch the show, so I don't really know what the guy looks like, but just listening to him, it's, yeah, the cadence is really right there. But, yeah. this, but this is obvious, John. This is, this is to make the uh, Climate Gate emails to turn that into fiction. That's the way I read it. Nah. Yeah, if, if you can't cover it up, turn it up. It's the number one rule in show business. Yeah. Eh. Hey, happy it's Mother's not, Day, by the way. It's a, well, happy Mother's Day to you, mother. Did you know that this is uh, actually an official day? And, and that it never was? What do you mean it's an official day that never was? Okay, I shall tell you. Because as you know, not only do we watch C-SPAN so you don't have to, but I also go to the uh, whitehouse.gov website and always look So you the, don't have to. So you don't have to, believe me, you don't have to. Uh, to go to the uh, presidential actions. And on May 7th, there was a presidential proclamation. Generations of mothers have labored tirelessly and selfless to support and guide their children and families. Blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah. The Congress, by joint resolution approved May 8th, 1914, designated the second Sunday in May each year as Mother's Day and requested the president to call for its appropriate observance. Apparently, that never happened. So, therefore, I, Barack Obama... President of the United States of America, do hereby proclaim May 9th, 2010 as Mother's Day. Let's express our deepest love and thanks to our mothers and remember those who, though no longer with us, inspire us still. So apparently this was proposed in 1914. Never did a president president ratify it or proclaim it, and he's come out and done it. Well, Obama has accomplished something. (laughs) Yeah! And I'm sure he got a big check in the mail from Hallmark. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought that was kind of interesting. I, yeah, it's very interesting, very I, unusual. Because well, mo- you know, Mother's Day is, is not the same all over the world, you know. It's a different day in England, a different day in the Netherlands. Or the Netherlands, is a, uh, Belgium is a different day. It's a different day uh, in many different countries. Huh. Uh, I know. I'm just yeah, saying. well, so the global governance will straighten all that out. Who are The first <laughs> order of business will be... Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> to normalize Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. I think it's in the Lisbon Treaty somewhere. 
So, uh, do we have an executive producer for this? Yeah, episode? we have a, co- uh, a couple of executive producers and a couple of uh, associate executive producers. Uh, Howard G. Hill, who will also be a knight out of Akron, Ohio, gave us a thousand dollars. Wow! And uh, with no comment, uh, Kent Zeiser, uh, who's already you think a knight. Zeiser or Zeiser? Zeiser. He's already a knight, mm-hmm. Sir Kent, uh, in Clovis, uh, New Mexico. Either that or he's a black knight, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are our, 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 producer, our executive producers. And we want to thank them both for contributing and paying for this show this, this day. Noah, Noah Cutler of Austin, Texas. Uh, he wants us to plug a book he likes, Brad Meltzer's nonfiction book, Heroes, Heroes for My Son. He wrote it in the morning. Um, <laughs> he, he wrote, he wrote the book? That. It's his own book? No, it's Brad Meltzer's book. Oh, Brad Meltzer. 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 Oh. Whatever. Uh, Heroesformysson.com. Uh, and he just likes the book. Uh, anyway, uh, $222.22, the lucky twos. And then, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. That, that's that, our only one, associate. One, the one other one that we have, we do have a Deuce Club, new Deuce Club member, but that, that'll be taken care of on the uh, 200.5 show. Okay. Uh, a couple of, uh, although no PR associates, a couple of uh, interesting ideas that came in. Because what we're looking for is we're looking at people to propagate the message of No Agenda. Get it out there. A uh, number of ways you can do it. Uh, D. Keith Ray says, uh, hey, all those home shopping channels have call-in lines where you can call in and talk about what a great purchase you made. People can call and slip in. They heard about the product on noagenda.com in the morning. The beauty is <laughs> that the people that watch these shows already are predisposed to purchasing stuff over the air of the Internet. Donations should you come streaming in. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Those people definitely need help. That's for sure. The ones that watch those shows. Uh, well, you have to be pretty bored because I mean, basically, all they're doing is running through different kinds of products. Yeah. That, and usually, of course, now over the years, it's changed. In the early days of those shows, uh, like fifteen years ago or more, there were maybe only a couple of them uh, that you know that had stuff. It was almost like a variety show. Except they, they always kind of had mostly junk jewelry. And uh, now they have a junk jewelry channel and a electronics channel, and they have all these different ones that you have just yeah. one sort, sort well, of clothes. But it's a, it's, a, it's a real show, and the people call up, hey, I, 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 what a great product you had on the show. I've been watching the show. Maybe we should get us one of those shows. We could. Yeah, maybe not. Sounds like work. Well, uh, Miles says, hey, maybe there- just get, get a day's worth. <laughs> no. I bet you we could. <laughs> no, just just no. Yeah, come on, we could be on the air. Hey there, John and Adam. Big fan of No Agenda, D- uh, Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, and the Charlie. I'm a 20 year old computer science student, part time SEO expert in Melbourne, Australia. I'm in the process of putting together a little website. I had an idea for, basically an SEO optimized online yellow pages. Uh. And he's saying, uh, hey, you know, maybe we should uh, get a lot of people SEOing your stuff. And he's happy to do that for us uh, on his end. And uh, I think there's a lot of people who do the search engine optimization stuff. Although we we kill it with no agenda, uh, we can always do better for the plethora of sites we have. 
Uh, so noagendanetwork.com is where you can find a lot of them or in the links that rock section of the show notes uh, posted with every show. And I think that's a good idea because uh, this is, you know, we have such an enormous, yeah, I have to say, army that's out there that is just doing amazing stuff uh, that, you know, we have an organization without having an organization. Most importantly, we have no meetings. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was a pretty good idea. Anyway, I want to thank uh, our executive producers for this episode, Howard G. Hill and Kent Zeezer, and our associate executive producer, Noah Cutler. You uh, have completely underwritten the show. We highly appreciate it. Uh, it's important because we don't have commercials. There's no other way for us to do it. You can put it on your resume, put it in your email signature, try and get it on IMDb, but it has been known to get you jobs and once in a while to get you laid. However, the most important thing is for you to go out and talk about our formula, which is really, really simple. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Hell yeah! And of course, we have more slogans. Come on, chat room, say it with me. Shut up, Steve! You can just see my neighbors freaking out about now. They're all, they're all listening <laughs> all to right, the show. All right, you got these neighbors listening to the <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. going, this guy's crazy. Like, uh, Janet, what are we going to do? He, yeah. We actually, he, they know our address now. What are we going to do, Janet? <laughs> Janet. You don't know how funny that is <laughs> in regards to my neighbors. And yeah, they had a nice uh, welcome to the neighborhood party for us last night. You sure wasn't a prelude to wife swapping? Come on. Dude, (laughs) I'm not even going to tell. It's too funny when you say, okay, I'll tell you. Uh, 26 families in the street are uh, gay couples. So all your Janet stuff is pretty funny. It was like 15 guys and Mickey last night. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) 15 guys and yeah, for her. Yeah, but uh, no wife swapping. Uh, uh, uh. So let me just uh, kick it right off with, uh, if you don't mind, John, because we've talked about this a number of times, and I just have to come back to Haiti because, of course, it's pretty much dropped off the radar everywhere. Oh, of course. Well, it's because we got other things to do. Yeah, well, it's much more important. And uh, former President Clinton... Uh, Who, of course, is the United Nations envoy to Haiti, and he's in charge of the $8 billion that is going to rebuild the nation. Uh, He was interviewed by uh, one of our national treasures, PBS, who, by the way, I don't know who these two jabronis were, and uh, you can look at the links in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, there's like two jabronis, a guy and a gal sitting next to each other, and they're just asking the president questions. No follow-up, no nothing, just like... Uh, reading off the the script, uh, Mr. President, uh, what do you think about Haiti? And I want you to listen to this clip, John, particularly the moment, and you'll you'll actually say it because you're the one that called it previously when he telegraphs a lie coming up. Here we go. And, uh, I'm glad it worked out the way that. Can you give us an update on Haiti? We're into the rainy season. The seven thousand most vulnerable people, that is, people that were living mostly in Petionville in the lowest areas, and therefore they could actually be drowned living in their tents if their area flooded. They've been moved out. I, I personally think we still need to move another ten or 15,000 people, and it's we're debating all that. Um, we're doing better, <clears throat> according to this coalition of NGOs that just... Oh, did you hear it? 
What, the uh, telltale cough yes. for a lie? <laughs> We're doing better. <laughs> <coughs> so first of all, I just want to say, seven to 15,000 people. What, are those the people you expect to work in the hotels as servants? Yeah, there's millions of people in tent camps. Millions. Like, well, the rainy season is here. We've moved 7,000 people. Oh, Wow. And, and obviously they're going to drown in their tents because yeah. when, when it floods, they just stay on their, on their sides and, and swallow air. But listen to what this... They don't el- bother to get out of the tents. Listen to what this elitist prick has to say. Um, we're doing better <clears throat> according to this coalition of NGOs who just completed a review yesterday. and getting Which means we had a meeting. We had a meeting about those people down there. Sanitation into the tent camps, but you got a couple million people living in these tent shelters and I don't think there's enough sanitation so we're working on that. We will soon have staff this commission that Prime Minister Bellarive and I are going to co-chair and we'll start reviewing the proposals for spending the big government and multilateral donor money. Okay. So uh, they're going to have a meeting about spending your money. They're people that are dying. The rain is upon them. Oh, we're going to have a meeting pretty soon. And uh, we're talking about all that big government money, all those donations, all those NGOs. Yeah, we're going to have a meeting about that. We're going to have a meeting. And I hope that soon we'll be able to start bringing investors back in. The U.S. Oh, yeah. We need some investors for the offshore banking. This House cast a very important vote yesterday with overwhelming bipartisan margins to let us bring more uh, textiles, the manufacturing in to the United States from Haiti. <laughs> okay. So uh, they need to make our what? clothes cheap. Yeah, more textile manufacturing. Yeah. We need to bring back that. it up just a little bit because he says into the United States. Oh, he's talking about finished products in the United States. Okay. Textiles, the sure. manufacturing in to the United States from Haiti. Into he the says United manufacturing States. into the United States. From what Haiti. is he talking about? So what he's talking well, the next part is coming. So he's talking about. Uh, reigniting the textile industry in Haiti so that that could be shipped to the United States. El like Chipo. said he wanted to reignite in the United States using Haitians. No, it gets actually it's worse. He doesn't want to use Haitians at all. Here it comes. Uh, and they know that almost 100 percent of this is going to be moved from Asia into Haiti. <laughs> so bring the Chinese children over to Haiti so they can make our shoes and ship them into America. Nice and cheap. That's how the way I read it. No, that's not what I'm hearing. What are you hearing then? Well, in the last comment, he's, he's like, we have a lot of uh, manufacturing facilities in Asia making our shirts, and they're going to move those manufacturing facilities to Haiti, and the Haitians will be making our shirts. To take advantage of closer proximity, so it won't cost any American jobs, and I think that, you know, that's going to be good. So, Yeah. What, what do you mean it won't cost any American jobs? Oh, I know what he's saying. We've lost all of our jobs making uh, shirts, <laughs> yeah, we've and lost it's our in shirts. Asia right now, and it's going to move it to Haiti, and it's not going to cost us any jobs because we haven't got any jobs. Correct. What we really need to focus on now is getting the tourism back up. Yay, tourism. We need more tourism. Let's go. Hey, honey, let's go look at them tents. Let's go look at them tent people. That's pretty cool, I hear. I hear it's, there's got lots of rain there. They, no, they should have a, have a bus tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the William Jefferson Clinton bus tour of the Haitian refugee camp. Lovely, lovely, Bill. Ah, there's more. Getting the manufacturing going, build some more airport uh, capacity and some. Yeah, for the you know, we got to fly there. We got to land my jet. More port capacity at competitive prices. Then I think the Haitians will be able to work themselves back and even far beyond where they were. 
Okay, so um, so that's Clinton's plan. What I I have another clip that is a it's a it's a double clipper, and this is Sean Penn who has been in Haiti for three months. The guy's the guy's on the ground. He's eaten crap out of tin cans. He's basically running a camp. He started a camp, and uh, so he's a camp manager, is what, what they call a guy like him now. And he's, you know, he's real. He's, you know, he's, he has no shoes. Those have been worn down. He's walking around barefoot, and he's just trying to help people. Now, this was on uh, uh, 360, Anderson Vanderbilt's uh, show, who, by the way, uh, I was uh, assured last night Anderson is gay. Not that it matters, but I was like, what? You're assured. Oh, duh. <laughs> I didn't I know that. Come, I think he's come out. I didn't know that. Because I, I don't care, but I was like, "Oh, okay, huh, interesting." Because yeah, I, was, I, was but... I was talking about Anderson Cooper, and it's like, "Well, he's gay." Like, well, I, but the hate, no, he's gay. All right, whatever. Well, I, I have a list of people I want you to check out. Then, okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to the neighbors. They know all the, the neighbors. All the scoop. They always know. <laughs> yeah, they do. So Sean Penn is in Haiti, and um, the st- so the story that they're covering is uh, about this boy who died of. Uh, dysteria, I think it is, which is it's is pretty you know is, is it can be solved or fixed very easily if you have proper medication. And uh, Sean Penn launches into, although he he's I think he's afraid to do the whole thing into how there's no help, how the Red Cross sucks, and uh, then of course there's a very interesting comeback from uh, Anderson Vanderbilt and uh, Sanjay Gupta. Who are uh, back in the studio? So listen to Sean Penn because this is what re- you just heard the president. Well, you know, we got seven thousand tents, and uh, you know, we're a little bit worried about sanitation, but uh, otherwise, let's get tourism as let's get an airport. Yeah. So what's really going on, Sean Penn? Tells this you. is the beginning, unless everybody realizes that the disaster is still on. This is a disaster and a bigger one than the earthquake waiting to happen. And so all the inertia of all these agencies right now, if I were putting my money on, a, on an agency that was actually ready to act, it would be the government of Haiti. Because all of the bureaucracy of all of these other agencies keep wanting to point the finger at the government of Haiti, but we know as camp managers that they were not prepared when we were ready to do our relocation, which was the first relocation in Port-au-Prince, that a lot of these agencies had not prepared. And I don't want to get into a finger pointing because I know how passionate so many are. But if one more person tells me that they're an expert from Africa and I'm an actor from Hollywood, I'm going to get on here and I'll tell you every name of every Schadenfreudist at log base that lives or dies with the same disease that's killing, going to kill these people if people don't start doing. And the American Red Cross, people should know, David Melcher has been very communicative, the president of, of, of the American Red Cross. But they should know that that is, that is not going to do it. That money, unless they push that organization and all the other organizations and our organization to get off their butts, people are going to die in mass. That organization has basically been out of the medical field for 50 years. And I thought that was really interesting that he said that because the Red Cross still kind of has this aura of being, uh, you know, cachet. Medi- me- cachet, yeah, medical help. And he says they've been out of the medical business for 50 years. 
Yeah, they're just a money collection operation. And they're not dishing it out. And so now, yes, did they spend $100 million for the World Food Program's food that came? Yes, they did. But most people think the World Food Program does that and that the money is coming into these other things. Everybody is saying we got to wait. This is a rebuild Haiti. There won't be a Haiti to rebuild without the people of Haiti. So that while I am absolutely supportive of, of permanent shelters, of community, of economies built and manufacturing for jobs, people have to realize that money has to be spent right now and the organizations and i will say that jphro is among them so sean penn is basically saying uh yeah great idea but if you don't save the people there'll be no haiti it'll just be wasteland which i think is the plan yeah no that we we've asserted this before that that is the plan so he's just basically crying in the dark, you know, kind of. Well, it, it, just to make it worse. In and, the wind. Yeah, just to make it worse, and I'll get off the topic. So, what is the. So, here's Sean Penn. He's saying, look, yeah, if I hear one more person who's an, an expert about Africa saying, you're just a Hollywood actor, what do you know? Shut up, slave! He said, you know, I'm going to go nuts. So what is the comeback from Anderson Vanderbilt and Sanjay Gupta? Sanjay, what do you make of this? I mean, the fact that something like diphtheria, which they claim they're going to start vaccinating for. I mean, UNICEF says they have a whole program. They're going to start vaccinating on the ground as well as for other things which they don't currently vaccinate for. <laughs> the fact that, you know, you couldn't find the, the, the medicine to treat this little boy. What do you make of it? It's a, it's a preventable stupid death, just, just like you said at the beginning. Uh, you know, in fairness, even before the earthquake, only about half the country received vaccines. So it's all about vaccines. <laughs> we got to vaccinate, 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 vaccinate. Let's get some vaccination. It's crazy. It's vaccination. We need some vaccines. What do you think, Sanjay? We need some vaccines. Vaccines. Shoot them up. And that's all they can talk about. And Sean Penn is saying people are about to drown. They're about to die. Uh, <laughs> need some vaccines. That'll vaccines, fix vaccines. Uh, yeah. He'll fix them right point. up. Yep, fix them right up. So uh, hope you all enjoyed that show where we all cried and we all texted our money to the Red Cross. Uh. All right. Backslash. Okay. Maybe I should just play the... Uh, just so I can well, get it out of my system. I like the way you stole my ditty and put your own name on it. I didn't make the ditty. It was sent to me. You know, I didn't have a ditty. I was using your ditty. Where does that come from, by the way, the word ditty? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not a, you know, a word You're not uh, a ditty sleuth. expert. You're not a ditty expert. I can look it up. Uh, so let's see what we got. I, but most of my stuff, by the way, that I picked up this week because I was watching C-SPAN. I wasn't getting much. I did get some stuff from oh, the. Wait, can I play the jingle? To what we do, so you don't have to. C-SPAN. So the only thing I really got off of C-SPAN. See, so most of my stuff is is from you know the other. I, most of my stuff is real news. But the C-SPAN thing, I did get the unemployment guy coming on and moaning and groaning because the unemployment figures came out last Friday. And they were rather odd because the jobs went up, but unemployment did too, somehow. Yeah, well, I think the jobs, uh, a lot of it was the census takers who are that are part-time jobs. That was at least half of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and didn't I see Bill Maher, like, uh, and I, I just refuse to pull clips from his show anymore because I could be doing it every week. And he comes out in his monologue, he says, hey, it's working. Uh, we, the president created more jobs. I'm like, yeah, but unemployment went up from 9.7% to 9.9 in your fake numbers. And U6 went up too, which is the bad one. Yeah. So um, 
Well, if you got well, you mentioned it here. Play my Mar clip and get it out of the way. Oh, hold on. You Is Bill a... Mar's attitude about everything just uh, summarized? Oh, you do have it. Okay, here we go. That's Mar Brown. Is that the one? Yeah. Okay. Brown people are probably going to, and I say this without judgment, breed their way to power in both <laughs> Europe and America. I know. I, <laughs> I saw this. Arab populations are growing in countries like France, Britain, and Holland. And I think we all see where this Mexican thing is going in America. Oh, do you hear the laugh track? Oh, that's such a laugh track, that one. That's right, because they fuck more, (laughs) the darker-skinned people are going to rule the world. And white people, for their own self-preservation, should get a start on being nice to them now. Nice! Just be nice to the poor and desperate people who change our depends and cook our food. Hopefully not in that order. All right. I want to thank my guest, Salman Rushdie. Yeah. yeah. Right. So did you see that Fox VP? She uh, she scared me. She was a uh, former Goldman Sachs uh, person. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Did you see how she would hold her hands? continuously down on the desk like be quiet slave just be quiet slave i'm telling you what to do slave this is the way it is slave she was a horrible frightening woman (laughs) she was totally but she was dominating the situation she was like (sighs) a dominatrix or something and and then nobody was challenging her no no well because she was too scary and then salman rushdie who is uh, seems to be on board with everything Oh yeah, no, he's I mean, useless. Yeah, you know, I don't. I'm. He was like some kind of hero for a while. Now I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. So anyway, that just thought we they know yeah. where Mars coming from. Um, so back to unemployment. Okay, play the unemployment clip. It's and a there's long just a couple one. items in here. There's a long clip, but we can interrupt and talk. But he's. This is just a, de- a depressing uh, scenario. By the way, there's a couple of guys in the chat room saying they are white and available for fucking. So, yeah, sure they are. So um, the uh, this is a depressing, uh, and we want to thank everyone who donates to the show, especially those of you are, that are working, because the, the situation is grim. Listen to this. For example, I, I can tell you that the... The, our broadest measure of labor underutilization, our, our so-called youth, it's a terrible name, U6, which are people who are actively looking but also include people who are underemployed by either being part-time or people who are discouraged, that ticked up as well at, uh, about two-tenths of a percent like the unemployment rate. But again, that's affected by the number of people re- who are looking. Uh, the labor force. Yes. Um, and then one of the things that I've heard from people, recent graduates, you know, who just got, I got a letter from a woman who, St. Paul, Minnesota, 24-year-old daughter, 2008 college honors graduate. Um, his mom says, stuck in a low-paying desk job and sinking under her debt. She just told me I have no dreams anymore. So what is happening uh, with these young workers um, who are just recent college graduates? Do you have any numbers on those or can you get it for me? We, we can get it for you. I can tell you. Just generally, um, those numbers haven't been very good. The the uh, the uh, young young folks, recent graduates, have um, borne more than their share of the of the brunt of the recession. But well, we can get you uh, more precise numbers. So as we're looking at policies and what we can do to work with businesses, we've talked about small businesses. As you know, I'm a big fan of doing more with exports and those kinds of things to work as partners with private industry. 
Um, the the recent graduate issue, you and I have talked about the difference between someone with a college degree, advanced degree, high school degree. Do you have those numbers? And have they changed as we've added more manufacturing jobs? The percent- And by the way, just so I'll interrupt for a moment. I did some work because this has been thrown around too easily, uh, even in the Bill Maher show where the horrible woman... Goldman Sachs shill is saying uh, small business. Oh, yeah, small business, small business, small business, small business. Do you know what small business is? Do you know what that is categorized as by the IRS? Something like under 200 million or something. No, small business is less than 25 employees where the average salary is $40,000. Less than 25 employees? Yeah, that's the small business. I mean, that's like mom and pop. Well, I mean, 25, I think, is actually, I mean, if you have, I always say, if you have uh, 20 employees, you might as well have 200. It's the same amount of hassle. But, you know, it's just important to understand because when she's talking about college graduates, they're not going to go to work for $40,000. They're not going to be a part of small business that's getting all this amazing help. Which They're is, not though. This guy pointed out that the, the, the fact most people have shown that this, if the, even by that definition, small business is not getting any help. Yeah, all the money's going to the big big companies, and they're the ones doing all the hiring if they hire at all. And the fact of the matter is, the, the good indication of this is when he comes up with the numbers later, where he says that a college graduate's a typical, which kind of contradicts new college graduates, which he says is around thirteen to fifteen percent unemployment rate. He says college graduates have something like five generally, and uh, people that have only have like just under a high school diploma, which would normally be working in manufacturing in the olden days, they don't have any work prospects whatsoever, and their unemployment rate is the same. Coincidentally, as uh, returning veterans, which is around 13 to 15 percent. So essentially, everybody's out of work and there's no way of, of picking up the slack unless you start government programs like the, you know, like the Roosevelt did, where you have people, you know, building uh, monuments and bridges and, and you know, trains. slave labor. Trains. Trains. Well, the trains is part of that. Yeah, it's a scam. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it just seems to me as though uh, this is coming to a, uh, a head. And, of course, the stock market uh, skittishness didn't help things. Uh, talk about that. Well, yeah, I, you know, it's funny because uh, I was on the treadmill and I listened to uh, Dvorak Horowitz unplugged. And uh, I was surprised that David Horowitz buys into the whole Andrew. Why did I say David? I'm sorry. Because Andrew. there's a David Horowitz yeah. who does the right yeah, wing I'm talk sorry. stuff. I'm sorry. Andrew. I'm surprised that he, and you seem to agree with him, just are buying into the the fat thumb theory that some trader somewhere <laughs> accidentally entered a B instead of an M. And I'm like, what? You, hopefully you're setting up the audience to talk about this on Sunday is what I was thinking. You, surely you don't believe that lie, do you? It apparently happens quite commonly. Oh, yeah. We see a thousand point drop all the time. Yeah, I don't think so. In fact, I... Uh, I well, know- the results are very rarely this. I mean, I, you know, if you we have a memo from a, a Goldman guy that we both read. Which I... Look, from a Goldman guy who... And by the way, I think the guy is, is good and he's, uh, and he's trying to give us the right information, but he's not on the inside. 
He's just working there and 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 having a good time. Well, I think we did bring up the point that it was when gold they announced the, the fine against Goldman that the the, the, the mishap occurred. Yes. So I think there was some indication that it could have been something other than the fat finger theory. Yeah, but you didn't talk about it, and I'd like to tell you yes, that we I, did. I know you talked about the, it was fat finger theory. That was that's all you guys come we up with. We talked about the Goldman thing. You didn't listen carefully. Yes, enough. I, I listened very. It. I listened very. Let me let me tell you. So first of all, I know what happened. I think maybe it would be interesting because this happened in Chicago. It happened at the CME, and our Goldman guy actually did send us. Uh, I think this will be fun for the uh, for the listeners just for a second to listen to. I guess this is a a, a Goldman guy who's on the phone or in communication the, with the the traders in the pit. Yeah. By the way, we should mention something too, since you have new listeners listening, if they haven't tuned out. Uh, <laughs> The neighbors are going, oh, brother. It seems as if, and we should probably mention this, most people in the world uh, either work for Goldman or the CIA, except the two of us. So <laughs> yeah, like, and, we're, and, and, and we have our resumes in. <laughs> so, so they're either working for Goldman or the CIA, and everybody else is just kind of unemployed. Yeah, so, not important. Uh, <laughs> so you're it's not, not as though the Goldman guy, everybody's a Goldman guy. So there's ridiculous numbers of these people, but go ahead. All right, so let's listen just because it's just fun to listen to a little bit of the uh, of the pit at the uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. I guess this is uh, the S&P futures, or I don't know what the hell is being traded. But commodities. Listen, yes, but I don't know if, I guess it's futures on the commodities. It doesn't yeah. matter. Listen to the yeah, notes. Right here at 45 or 50. I mean, but this, that's way too much. What is it? Is it, is it 75 then or what? What'd you say? It was 1050 something? <laughs> 1053. So 90 handles? That's too much. Right, 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 right. That's way too much. Forty even bid here now, guys. Forty. You're talking about a thousand dial points. You know, it's just too much. Thirteen even bid here now. Once again, I'm at thirteen even bid now. Thirteen outs are trading right now. All right, guys. Sorry about that. There's nothing I can do about that, guys. Once again, on it for you here in a big way. Paper came in. Huge paper sellers coming through here, guys. We got fast market up on the boards here once again. We have seen some big paper sellers coming in. It all started out up above around. 38 even here now, guys, talking about 25 handles of solid sell-side activity this. here, this guys. Great. They have just peased the limit down, and the S&Ps would be 1150, I'm sorry, 1053 even. So we still have a solid 60 handles of range left. Here they come to sell them again. Nine half straight night, 20 straight night, even straight here now, guys. Eight half. <laughs> All right, so that's like okay, a, so they're, they're selling obviously derivatives or something, right. S and P futures well, but, or something like so that. So let me just put a couple things in perspective, and this and this is just fun to listen to. And it's about eleven minutes, and it's in the show notes at noagendashow.com. You can listen to the whole thing. Um, so. I'm presuming this is a Goldman guy, since our Goldman guy gave us this clip. You see, these Goldman well, guys no, don't... wouldn't be. He's a floor trader. It could be anybody. No, I think he's, he's... I don't think he's a floor trader. I think he's calling down to the floor traders. It doesn't matter. Uh, these guys don't actually know what's happening. Here's what you need to know. Ten minutes before the crash, which took place in a two- to three-minute time span, there was an enormous put uh, that were like 200,000 puts were put out. And a put is basically betting against, I'm sorry, uh, it was four, yeah, 200,000 on the uh, June S&P. 
In other words, someone was betting on the market tanking 10 minutes before it took place. So even though all these trades were canceled and everything was pulled back, someone made big money, and you better know that it's going to be the Goldman guys. Now, by the way, it's what they did, I don't believe is technically illegal, but I spoke to um, someone who knows what we'll call Trader Zero. Now, do you remember, John, the guy who uh, was arrested at Newark Airport because he had, quote, stolen some of this high-frequency trading code? Yeah. Okay. So he wasn't the only guy that had the code. I wouldn't think. And so there were a number of other guys, and I will just have to say more than likely of Russian Orient. And uh, not all of them are adverse to Goldman. In fact, these guys, these programmers, they work pretty much freelance and uh, they'll go to the highest bidder. These guys make a lot of money. So here's the story as I was told. I, of course, have no way to back it up. And the only reason I believe I'm being told this is because the person who understands this just needs to get it off his chest and just tell someone, because this is pretty much the only show where we explain kind of what's happening. So the guy comes in, he changes the code just a little bit, and he and my, my contact says this was a beta test. They flicked the switch for a second, just like, just like the earthquake machine. In fact, this is the financial earthquake machine. Flip the switch adjusted the code and it wasn't targeted at any stock no just yeah go ahead well i'm just gonna say if they would let more likely if the story if we're gonna stick with this idea the guy had to have the code he had to recompile it to begin with and And then he he would have to install it and then you'd flip the switch you wouldn't change the code on the fly because that's just what doesn't the way these things will operate correct but he he was flown into chicago this is the information I have. Flown into Chicago, recompiled the code, flipped the switch, and it was completely at random. Whatever was trading at that moment, which happened to be like PNG, so it was not targeted towards any stock, as some uh, like Sorsha Fall reports. It was just random, just to beta test it. They put in two hundred thousand put options just before the the switch was flipped. And then everything else took over. All these external exchanges, you know, that the, the people have no idea how this works anymore. It's not just the New York Stock Exchange. Spaghetti code. It's a, a, a million different computer systems trading. So the, I think that this was, if anything, to say, hey, we can do this. Be careful. We know how to do it. And what well, I, that's thought- a, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that's not without the, uh, you know, that sounds like a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. But uh- And the guy actually flew out the same day. Out of the country. The guy. The guy. Now, what's interesting about this is that, did Back you know... to Switzerland, th- I assume. No. No, probably uh, to Germany and then from Germany to Russia. Oh, you, oh you're, you're blaming this on the Russians. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm blaming it on Goldman Sachs. But it's not illegal. They just changed the way the code works. It's not like they're, they're doing illegal stuff. They're just saying, hey, <laughs> we're going to flick that switch. Watch what happens. What's interesting about this high-frequency trading code, it was invented and patented by Max Kaiser. Did you know that? No, that's interesting. Yeah, so Max Kaiser, of course, is the guy who now, he, uh, he created the Hollywood Stock Exchange, which was a fake uh, stock exchange. 
And he now lives in uh, Paris, and he reports for uh, the, the Russian television, and he has his own podcast. And he's very yeah, and he's very a maniac. He's a great podcaster because yeah. he's real attention getting. He was on one of the uh, BBC shows once, and I think we played a clip. And he was so outrageous they never brought they <laughs> never, never brought, brought him, him back. back. Right? No, the guy the guy's entertaining to watch. Of course, he's. I think he's pretty much absolutely right. He calls Bernanke and and t- little Timmy Geithner arsonists, and uh, so anyway, financial terrorists. So he created this code called VST, and it was actually intended to do exactly the opposite, because when he was running the Hollywood Stock Exchange, uh, which was a fake exchange, what happened is the movie companies got, and, and agencies uh, who represent their big-name clients were, got really upset that you know the stock of their customers was going down, and people were saying, oh, this movie's going to suck. And so they, they, tried, they pressured Max Kaiser, and they wanted him to start manipulating these markets— uh, and they found ways to start manipulating the market, and they were doing it just because of the PR value. So he created this code called VST. Uh, I forget what it stands for at the moment. Uh, and it was actually intended to combat this very problem. However, if you reverse engineer, if you reverse the process of VST, you have the high, flat, high frequency trading uh, system. And he patented that, and he got out of the business, and he sold it to... Cantor Fitzgerald, and he wants to pull it back, but he can't because the the agreements, the patent agreements, and the proof that that they received the code all burned up in the World Trade Tower uh, d- demolition. <laughs> I know it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, do your little whistle. <laughs> I'm actually kind of interested in this. Yeah, you kind of like it, don't you? So (laughs) I predict that this will happen again. Of course, the smoking gun for me is the 200 puts on the the June S&P. Someone knew it. This is much higher volume in in betting against the market than you you see. So someone knew it was going to happen. And, of course, whoever that was is unidentifiable, just like the put options that were put on all the airlines prior to 9-11. So this is this is no coincidence. In fact, well, it is pretty. I pretty suspect. Sorry, it is pretty suspect. And the fat finger theory, like I said, fat fingers have been around forever, and they've never caused this kind of a catastrophe. Well, but, but Citibank is denying it. Uh, everyone says that's not true. There were no uh, anomalies. The SEC has. If you look at SEC.gov, they say we don't know what happened. We're still investigating. So all yeah, of that is rumor and hearsay. But of course the lamestream news has been programmed to give you that information so you think oh okay it was just someone with a fat fee oh it was a little mistake oh it can happen and, and, yeah. and meanwhile someone made a bundle of money and and i believe it was goldman which is fine i don't care it wasn't illegal i they wish just, they would contribute more to this show yes that's the whole point <laughs> give more to us speaking of uh of goldman i i, I didn't know this the uh, Wall Street Journal reports that um, Elena Kagan, do you know her? Elena Kagan, have you ever heard of her? She's no. the Solicitor General uh-uh. of the United States. She was appointed by uh, President Obama in January. And a little article in the Wall Street Journal says, uh, The White House said Friday that Elena Kagan's membership on an advisory panel for the securities firm Goldman Sachs would not disqualify her for a position on the Supreme Court. She is the front runner 
for the Supreme Court opening, and she's a Goldman person. It doesn't get any better. I love it. It's just too. Yeah, you're right. You're laughing because it is. The Lehman funny. Brothers guys are just They're shaking steaming. their heads. They're steaming. They are getting. They're so angry. So uh, they got so screwed. Oh. Well, they screwed themselves. They were set up. Yeah. That's uh, actually there's a a long clip from um, who's our favorite uh, that crazy politician from Florida. What's his name? Oh yeah, the clip is too long. The guy's yeah. got to learn how to be more concise. I yeah. saw that clip. Where? Uh, what's his name again? Uh, I can't remember his name. And so he actually somebody'll he, pass it on to us in the uh, chat in room. In the chat room. Well, he he actually so G. Yeah, he actually uh, takes the floor in the Senate and he says, "Hey, you own Red Roof Inn." <laughs> which is funny. The premise is funny, but he needs to look at how how Farage does that stuff in the in the European Parliament. You know, he needs to he needs to keep it concise, make it under two minutes, and call people out as being douchebags. And uh, and then we can play that stuff. It's eleven minutes. This clip of his, so we can't play it, but it's in the show notes. Yeah, it's too long. It's and it's not, you, there's no way of editing it down because he tries to, he over dramatizes everything. He doesn't just get to the point. Alan Grayson. Alan Grayson, right? Yeah. That's him. Yeah, he, it, it does take too long. But anyway, it, and that's involved with the whole Lehman Bear Stearns, everything. And so it's, it's, it's just fun to watch. And by the way, we tell you all this not to depress you. But once you understand how it works and how to look past the, oh, a trader at Citibank slipped. He went from the B to the M. It's only one key over. It can happen. Yeah, you think? Don't you think they enter uh, digits instead of words? It's bull. And you're being fed that so you can think, "Oh, it's all right, it's okay." And and the guys at Goldman just laughing. They're like, "Hey, we showed them. So give us all your money. Send us your cash." They already got all our money. Well, they, well, they now wanted, they're just they, goofing around. They want to run it all. They want they want to run it all. And again. I can't find a fault with them because they're not doing anything illegal. In fact, they're being helped by the administration. Yeah, no, that's because the administration needs some sort of re- uh, Uber retirement instead of that just a huge government salary they get. So, uh, well, I got a couple of things that are nothing like that. <laughs> Remember, financial earthquake machine. It exists and Goldman runs it. A hit orchestra hit. A hit orchestra. Oh, okay. All right. I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> if you had told me earlier, I would have had it in there. Goldman, I'm going to try it again. Remember, Goldman Sachs has their finger on the button of the financial earthquake machine. <laughs> we'll get a letter. Yeah. So um, there's a bunch of it. There's a new meme. I caught a new meme. Oh, goody. This is a real interesting one because I was watching the uh, program. You might as well hit the real news thing for a second. No. Oh, wow. You caught me off guard there. Uh, sorry. And now back to real news. Yes, John. What's happening in the world that's really important? Uh, Extra uh, was talking about uh, a, a plague of men cheating. <laughs> And a plague of men cheating consisted of two guys that we know, uh, Jesse James, who now is back supposedly with Bullock, which makes nothing but sense since my wife said, ah, it's because the show's ratings are going down. That's why they have this deal. And which she's probably right. Being a no agenda listener, she would come up with that thought. And uh, and so there was him. And then who was the other guy that was cheating? Uh, Tiger Woods. 
Tiger Woods, that's guy. And then some guy they named, I don't even know who this guy is, and they consider it a big plague. They come up with the idea that now there's a gene. I never heard of this. A cheat gene. A, gene, a cheat gene that men have that makes them want to cheat. And, yeah, it's called a penis. And and meanwhile, they have they so that so that I, as I'm listening to this, I'm get I'm, I caught the meme that's got nothing to do with any of this except it's it's, it's actually kind of sinister. So play extra one, and this is the beginning of their story on men cheating. Oh, we wish him the best. Okay, I have to ask, is there a cheating epidemic? More and more celebrity cheating scandals are coming out, which got me, well, I mean us, thinking, why do men cheat? Tiger, Jesse, David. Another day, another celebrity caught cheating. Men cheat. That's what they do. Extra Life Changer and TV judge Janine Pirro simplifying what scientists believe they've discovered. That cheating may be in a man's DNA. What's being called the infidelity gene has been found in 40% of men. I think cheating happens a lot more than we realize. Life Changer Dr. Drew Pinsky telling Extra, men aren't actually cheating more, they're just getting caught more. Okay, hold on. So... First of all, you know there's a vaccine for that on the way. There's no doubt about it. There's obviously <laughs> yeah. going to be a vaccine for cheating. And life changer. I like that. Yeah, that's the meme. Now, you didn't catch it. on the. They ran past it on both those people. You missed the first one, I'm sure of it. Because I only when I was listening the second time, when you, if you play at the beginning when they announced the woman, they say extra life changer. They throw mm. it in real quick. And then they say life changer for Drew, Dr. Drew. Right. But so anyway, they had it in there twice, and then on a break, they took, if you play extra the extra two clip, you hear another one where one of their hosts is given this moniker. <laughs> no one without a license should ever be doing their own hair. Mario turns life changer, putting the extra staff on his extra lean get fit plan. Almost 1,600 pounds. That's next. Uh, you know, John, I think we should call ourselves life changers. I'm thinking about that. That's a good idea. Hey, life, life changer brother John, how are you? Dr. Yeah, life Dr. John. changer brother Adam, how are yeah, you? Yeah, I'm good. In uh, the morning. In the morning. Do you have the vaccine ready? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this show is the vaccine that will change your life. So uh. this life changer thing I thought was rather creepy. Uh, yeah. And they're using it on like half their guests on this extra show. So there's something going on. It's almost like some... Uh, you know, est or some sort of occult thing going on. Life the, changer. Life changer. We had life coach. I think it's yeah, probably a, a life derivative, changer. A different. derivative of that. Yeah. Life coach never caught on. Life changers, Dr. Adam and Dr. John on the next No Agenda in the Morning. <laughs> I, so, love that. Uh, I love that they, they have already determined that 40% of all men cheat, which means uh, there's got to be a lot of women out there cheating. Somebody's there, unless they're cheating, they're cheating with, with each other. Know. Yeah, yeah. So um, hmm. I find that pe- peculiar. So that so the next thing I ran into, and it, well, actually, why don't we take a break before we get into this other stuff? Since we're kind of halfway through, and then mention a few people who donated to the show this week, contributed. Okay. Yes, who support us, uh, which we appreciate dearly. And of course, we're promotions off, so the donations actually fell way off because we spent too much time thanking people. Which I think is kind <laughs> it's of like people are like, oh, you didn't do a show, you just did donations. Well, you know what? Here's a tip it's called fast forward. Yeah, you're in technology, you're yeah. playing on a. Yeah, fast forward is the big tip of the day. And we just so want to thank everyone who, uh, who helps us out, it's important. 
Yeah, it is. So Deborah Hutchinson in Mooresville, Indiana, gave us $142.60. Charles Maywood, uh, East Point, Michigan, 5110. He's having a hard time finding steady mechanical design work at living near Detroit. So he's back in school. Looking for uh, some good karma. We got to get the Karma Club site well, up. Well, go to yeah, it is up. NoAgendaKarma.com. People are okay, posting already. So people already. just put their anecdotes yeah. up there. Yeah, can people, they you, yeah, you, it's open, so you can go put your. And there's uh, one, or, at least one I saw who has uh, not had the good karma come back. And we're and we're not claiming it. Just we've seen a high, uh, high, a high positive uh, result. You can't ratio. guarantee any results. Are not guaranteed. Right. Not guaranteed. Uh, just like your but... local Episcopalian church. Jerome <laughs> Darden, Altus, Oklahoma, two nickels on the dime. Beth Graphics, Stephen Bohm, Nathan Zimmer, a Chris McGraw, and Tony Goodman, all last minute two nickels on the dime, guys. I uh, want to thank them all. Also, uh, Anonymous from Amsterdam, send 5353, and he wants, uh, he says, let's send a dollar to Michael Jackson. John, the future is in micro donation from your friends at yourdonation.com. A plug for something. Mm-hmm. Christopher Shu, St. Martin, Minnesota. Uh, this is to wish his mother, Kim, a happy Mother's Day. Well, that's nice. Yeah, happy Mother's Day, Kim. Uh, Richard Mansfield. We also got a note from a Kim that's a guy who got mad because Adam thought he was a girl. Yeah, let me uh, correct well, let me that. These off. I got one okay. more. Yeah, Richard Mansfield in Angwin, California. Very nice little town. Loves the show. Glad to donate more later. Your friend Richard. Uh, so Kim is a boy's name. One hundred nine Canadian dollars of AdWords for the show, and you said my last name wrong. Kimberly is a girl's name. I'm not a girl. Kim is a boy's name. Not unlike Lindsay, Leslie, Lauren. Etc. Etc. Anyway, it's uh, Kim Laquizi. That's the way to pronounce it, uh, and we appreciate. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, I remember that when yeah. it came in with the pronunciation. I just missed it. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it was actually my fault. Then we have. Uh, it's your Okay, uh, Adam Ajana was one of the many people who donated the d- double nickels on the dime last week, but in all the chaos, you missed my birthday shout-out. My birthday was May 3rd. Just hoping I could get a birthday jingle on the next show. That's from Nicole Arnold from Nagano, Japan. And I think we have another one, John, don't we? Don't we have another birthday? Uh, you know, Nicole was the only one. I thought that's the one I had mixed up. Well, Nicole, happy birthday. Belated. Now, we do have one knighthood. We have a bunch of black knights that we're in discussions with regarding whether they were knighted or not. <laughs> yeah. And we'll finish that. But we have one knight for sure. Yes. Let me uh, unsheath here for a second. Did you bring your sword, John? As, yeah, as required? Yes. Okay. Uh, Howard G. Hill, please step forward. Thank you. Please kneel before your life changers, Dr. John and Dr. Adam, as we hereby proudly knight thee, Sir Howard G. Hill, knight of the Noah Agenda Roundtable. Please join our other life changers here and our hookers and blow. And uh, that's because he uh, supported the show with $1,000, and we highly appreciate that kind of support. That's the kind of support that uh, if we got uh, a couple of those every day, uh, boy, we, we do a show every day. 
so um and we're and we're trying to get a little bit of action going with our deuce club which is coming up so yeah uh, we only have a week left i'm probably sending out a reminder we got one more week and then the deuce club's closed because we're going to have our 200 show and it's after that's just a 200 donation but uh we have a website posting everybody's name on the deuce club and by the way we have to mention that we do this show with only with user support we have no other foundations for doing it we uh we hope to bring you the kind of information that makes your commute, since I still think our target audience is mostly people who have long commutes, which is an unusual target audience, but a real one. Uh, in fact, that's kind of the audience that the uh, Sirius and uh, uh, XM were kind of targeting at one point. But uh, they they charge like a – you have to pay 10 bucks to listen. You can't get it for free you can get our show for free and you donate when you feel like it and it also takes the commercials out of the show so we're actually giving time to you which is i think is extremely valuable and if you calculate that on a monthly basis if we do 16 hours of programming a month which is uh actually how much do we do we do uh, four hours a week times and by 40. the way sirius xm has commercials now too yeah. They got they tons do. of commercials. They yeah, they do. It's terrible. You have yeah. to pay and then you get commercials. They're just like our, our national treasure, NPR. Yeah, it's all, all you pay and then you get commercials. We do not take commercials. We're going to obviously never have the budgets they have. We're not going to have the per show allowances that they have. It's going to always be low. And, and honestly, just so people know, we don't have the audience size that could make us any money. We need to double it. We need, actually, we need to take Quadruple. our audience and make it. We'll be in good shape if we have our audience 10x in other words you can get one or two people to listen to the show and then get them to get one or two more uh at, at some point we'll have a, a substantial audience so the number of donors will maintain itself as a certain percentage and then that will, will get us through the day but we're also giving people time because since we except for this little piece of the show uh we don't waste your time uh, on a two to one ratio with commercials, which is what everybody else does. You have uh, two hours of programming and one hour of commercials. It's it's horrible. And, and what's your time worth? We figure you're saving everybody at least five hours a month. If your times were ten, if your minimum wage, that's fifty bucks right there of your life. And many so people, people, many people use No Agenda, No Agenda Show as their news source. You know, like uh, where a lot of. Uh People use uh, the the Daily Show, John Stewart Show, as their news source, which of course is quite limited in scope. Uh, they don't actually watch any other news uh, unless it's for pure entertainment purposes. Well, because, I hope that's where they're looking at it. Yeah, yeah. So noagendashow dot com. We have a little link there to the donation button. Also, dvorak dot org slash na for no agenda donations. Uh, Dvorak.org slash NAS if you want to make a, a statement and, and donate to the stream. Uh, and also uh, Dvorak.org slash Deuce for the last week of the Deuce Club. And finally, uh, ChannelDvorak.com slash NA if you can't find a proxy or if you can't get to Dvorak.org, which seems to be blocked in various parts of the world like parts of China and Russia. We got an interesting recommendation. You know, PayPal has been very difficult. Uh, they take a lot of our money, uh, or actually your money. Uh, someone recommended we use GunPal. Have you seen that? GunPal.com? GunPal? Yeah, it's it's a PayPal system, only their fees are much lower. And PayPal apparently uh, voids money being sent if it's to purchase weapons, 
which of course is a legal it's a legal activity in the United States. Uh, they don't allow that, and I have to say they've given us all kinds of crap saying, "Oh, you're a you're a, a charity," uh, you know. I mean, all kinds of BS that we have to go calling him about. And uh, I, 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 the gun pal idea is great. The name is a little the the marketing <laughs> aspect pal. is a little weird. Uh, but maybe we should set up a gun. Well, you know, bank. what I think I'm going to do after we get uh, settled in a little bit more, I'm going to uh, add the Google uh, thing, whatever it's called, Google something. Google transactions or Google pay or whatever. Google, yeah. No, it's Google. What is it? Google cash? I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, the Google thing. And then we can add gun pal. If somebody wants to make a statement, run it through there. It's fine. And uh, also direct deposit. If you want to direct deposit, uh, send me a note to Dvorak, John at Dvorak.org. Uh, and I'll send you the details. I, there's two of them in a, right now. Tr- trouble is I keep the details in a file, and I have two people waiting on me to send them the details, and I'll do that this week. So Dvorak.org slash NA for now. So uh, probably the most emailed article, which uh, started, uh, I think, on uh, on pretty much on Thursday, uh, is the TSA worker who went through the naked body scanner yeah. in Miami <laughs> His yeah, co- his Chinese co- his name. Yeah, his, his. By the way, he has a big head, and uh, his uh, colleagues then start laughing at him about uh, his small genitalia, and then he uh, he goes shrinkage. He, yeah, and then he goes he punches the guy out, and so this is reported in news story after news story after news story. All mainstream news is reporting this, but nowhere do I see anyone say, uh, "Hold on a second. Weren't we supposed to not be able to see that in these naked body scanners? Wasn't that the promise? Wasn't that what, they, what was explicitly explained to us with these fake cartoon outlines? Oh, we can't actually see anything. Oh, no. But you can. Obviously. But but they're not. How come? And no one's questioning that. It's like, oh, well, here's a funny story out of Miami. Well, so a TSA worker got berated. Blah, 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 blah. Like well, but why don't you say the obvious? This is this is real mind control. It's pretty pathetic that nobody addresses the the the. There's the elephant in the room. Yeah, we've been told time and time. Of course, we you. Uh, if anyone's listened to this show for a while, we already told you that's bogus. We we know that you know it's it's not doable. I mean, the the thing is going to. It's basically taking a picture of you naked. And um, hey, everybody, your kids. everybody your knows kids. it. Your kids. Yeah, your kids. So there's actually they're producing child porn by their own definition. The old nudity is porn definition. Actually, they're producing porn and child porn. So uh, nobody wants to. I don't know. I, it's just beyond me. The, let's face it. The mainstream media is just it's. The, the, don't the, look over not, here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. It's 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 beyond pathetic. I mean, it's almost not even worth discussing. Well, I think it's important we continue to point it out. Yeah, we, we you're right. We have to. And it's even though it's, it's kind of a nothing to see here moment. So let's click to a couple of clips that are amusing. I thought it was funny that they've already gotten the train meme into the show that there's a show. I think it's on CBS. It's uh, about these little dinosaurs that talk to each other. Yeah, by the and way, no great. sooner had we announced that we were get, uh, get off the train, so to speak, because we've kind of beat that horse to to death. Then do we start receiving just a ton of stories that people, of course, our producers are now seeing it. Like, oh, my God, this train thing is real. Yeah, we had one guy, and we'll read from his transcript. Yeah. Uh, he went to the big train convention. And he yeah, well, no, not a convention. It was National Train Day, John. It was National Train Day. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's do the dinosaur thing first. What is this? All right, here's the dinosaurs. Uh, and guess what vehicle they're on as they travel through the desert. By the way, they're in a desert where <laughs> you know, a dinosaur couldn't live if it had to. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's listen to a little of the conversation, then we'll get to the second part. Maybe one of them lost a feather. Their feathers are pretty similar to the one you have. But how can we meet a Velociraptor? You're in luck. We'll be passing Velociraptor Valley very soon. You could stop there if it's okay with your mom. Absolutely. We have a mystery to solve. Hooray! (laughs) Alrighty then. But first, time tunnel! Time tunnel approaching! fun on the train i i i think we should just point out for new listeners that we assert that uh the train uh the the, the ramming through of high-speed rail in america is a scam it is being sold to us as ooh, it'll be great everyone wants to travel on the train everyone loves the train planes suck our airways are congested you won't have to take your shoes off for the train but it's a it, it's a a, a a bait and switch because it's really to transport goods faster yeah, from china <laughs> in fact they want you to shut up slave don't travel anywhere sit there we'll bring the goods from china to you quick that's what they really want okay dinosaurs so meanwhile they, you know these shows these kids uh, cartoon shows they can't just you know brainwash the kids in one way that's just specific they also have to have this you know uh, and you'll this will be very reminiscent you're gonna when you hear this little ditty that i'm gonna play next this dinosaurs two clip you're gonna re, it's gonna remind you of something you've heard a million times before that they're always throwing at the kids a dinosaur ditty wow you're a really fast runner valerie of course Velociraptors are fast. That's what Velociraptor means. Fast hunter. Let's race down the hill again. And- oh, it's educational, John. That's what Velociraptoros means. This yeah. time, you can fly too. Is something wrong, Valerie? Velociraptors can't fly. You can't? But you have feathers. Yeah, I thought your feathers meant you were like a bird or something. Hmm. It's okay, Tiny. I just... Well... I just really wish that I could fly like you. Really? Really, really. That's funny, because I wish I had your amazing feathers. You do? Yeah, they're so beautiful. Hey, you're both great. Tiny can fly, and Valerie has beautiful feathers. But look, I don't have either of them. (laughs) Aw, buddy. But you do have those amazing teeth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's all be friends, okay? Yeah, of course. What? What? Let's all be friends hugging Sarah Secret. Where was the train thing in this? There was no train. Uh, they were standing around shooting the breeze. So they By the way, friends. you can't fly, take the train. You can't fly, take the train. The whole thing is just it's it's just a head shaker. So that brought me to one more thing, which is the... the uh, Are you going to get off the, trains? Because I'd like to finish that if we can. No, I just let me just finish this this thought, and then okay. we go back to trains. All right. But I just wanted to point out this this kind of lovey dovey. You know, we're all one. You know, why can't we just all get along? To the the absolute ludicrous end point, which is the the after dinosaurs clip that is further down the list. This is the ludicrous end point. Hold ludicrous, on. I'm Hold telling on you. Hold on a second. The this what? is a this is an this is an advertisement for uh, flea killer. What's it called? Using Frontline. 
I'm sorry, Jar. Oh, here it is. All right, there we go. Using Frontline Plus shows your pet you care by unleashing a complete killing force against fleas and ticks. And not just grown fleas. Unlike other products from your vet, Frontline Plus also kills flea eggs and larvae and keeps killing for 30 days on dogs and cats. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Shows your pet you care? I know. <laughs> I know. They have a couple of these. This is not the only one. Yeah, because your pet has feelings. Your pet needs to know you care. Usually you do some, put some crap like this on your dog or cat. It doesn't show your pet you care. They get annoyed by it. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing, slave? Go and get off of me. <laughs> this is pathetic. Yeah. Shows your pet you care. You're feeding the thing all the time. That show, that's enough care. You know, you give them some discipline. Make them sit. So one one of our producers, um, and and I thought this was fantastic, and we need more of this. Uh, after our uh, talking about National Train Day, which was uh, I guess it was yesterday, right? The eighth, mm, Friday, or eighth. Maybe. Uh, it was Friday. Uh, actually, went to uh, one of these National Train Day expos and uh, covertly recorded uh, a little conversation with one of the. Uh, the actors who were hired shills. Yeah, to, uh, to propagate how good trains are. Now, John, you sent me a note and you said we shouldn't play the audio. Uh, I'm not sure that that audio is legal. Well, no, it's not legal, but why no. do you care? I just think it's, you know, I don't want to get that guy in trouble. Well, he sent, uh, he sent it to us for us to play. I mean, we have his right, consent. We'll play it. I we, don't we care. didn't break I mean, any you can law. Play it if you want. I, let's just play a little bit of it. But, you know, see, he says it wasn't clear, and he did have the transcript. Uh, well, did you listen to it? Because I felt it was very clear. All right, I, we'll play it. I, but we'll just play a little bit, just the beginning. Uh, there's a man and a woman uh, who are the actors hired to tell this, uh, this unsuspecting slave of Gitmo Nation how great the trains are. You can't hear it. You're right. I'm sorry. It sounded better. Anyway, so a little bit of the transcript. Uh, hey, we. Uh, the woman says, "Ooh, I want to do this." Looking at train brochure, train man says, "Oh, we want you to. It's really wonderful way to travel. If uh, I don't know if you've taken some train trips, but if you like to relax, look out the window and read a book or plug in the computer, whatever you want to do, woman, it's much better than a plane. It's much better." And then our shill. Yeah, me, it's much slower, though. Train man says, much slower. Obviously, you have to have that whole mindset. If you're not, if you want to get there, this might not be it for you. But, yeah, says man, our shill. So when are they trying to have this implemented by? Train guy, what's that? Shill, the whole high-speed tra- rail system. Train guy. Well, right now, they're doing their uh, working in corridors. Of course, we have Boston to Washington now. Um, They have little corridors out in California. And then there's, well, Where? they're trying to... Yeah, exactly. They're trying. To, they're, they're not there. They're trying to develop corridors between big transportation and transit hubs. Our shill says, "Yeah, but where are they building it right now?" Train guy says, "Well, these are big projects. They're in development. We're doing stuff on Amtrak, uh, rebuilding a lot of our infrastructure that's been neglected for years because we had these plans sitting there and not had funding to do it. And all of a sudden, the funding became available, and whoa, we got the plans." And other people didn't have the plans yet, so we lucked out there. So, uh, uh, big initiatives. California's going to be doing over 200 miles an hour, they tell me. 
That's the best we can do. It's a straight shot down Highway 5, and you can only get it to 200 miles an hour. (laughs) I know. Not like it's like the, you know, the Rockies. I'll ask our... uh our undercover agent, if it's okay for me to uh, to post the audio, because it it actually does sound pretty good if you uh, if you listen to it on uh, on speakers. It came through. You have to filter it a lot. But the only thing I really want to get to to get and then get off of the uh, the train project. Uh, one of our producers sent me a link from the Australian dot com dot au. I should say it's uh, the Wall Street Journal business section from Australia, and this is an article from I think two thousand and. Uh, oh, it's from February 2008. It's about uh, a team working in Panama uh, to start to dig a hole part funded by Japan, aided by Latin American cash, and big enough to hold the world's biggest Danish-owned South Korean-built megaships. And at the bottom of the article, I'd just like to read this to you, John, because this plays exactly into what you've been telling us, and, and I think it pretty much says it right there. So they're expanding the Panama Canal. Uh, The new canal will also be large enough for the gas industry's existing fleet of liquefied natural gas carriers, most of which are too big to make the Panama crossing and are forced to take the longer, more hazardous route around Cape Horn. The reshaping effects have already begun. At the moment, the largest container ships leaving Asia for the U.S. dock in one of the big West Coast ports, with Los Angeles being the largest of them. Their journey is completed by freight train, much of it run by the Burlington Northern Rail Company in which Mr. Buffett has invested so lavishly. <laughs> and there's a graphic, and this is the, the Northern Corridor. And so they're literally going to be bringing this stuff in from China and shipping it across the country, and Warren Buffett just wants to ship it faster. Yeah, and have you, Mr. Taxpayer, the USA... Pay for the uh, to to expedite the process with your money, so he can make more money on, on his investment. Gotta love it. I admire the guy. Yeah, gotta love it. But at the same time, it's a scam. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge scam. And as is this whole, um, of course, it's already kind of dropped off the radar. The uh, the oil spill in Louisiana or off the Gulf Coast. Um, the BBC is where I had to find out the actual size in comparison to other disasters. Now, we heard our president say on Thursday that this is epic proportion, the biggest natural disaster in history. In history, I tell you, ever. What a crock. Yeah, um, actually, I'm going to Skype you this link so you can see the... Uh, the graphic as well, John, because when you see it, in, of course, we can't show that. So they have from the Deepwater Horizon uh, spill or disaster of epic proportions all the way back to 1979, the Ixtoc-1, which uh, and then uh, which was. Wow. Yeah. You this see is the, a great graphic. Yeah. You can see that this, this isn't is, even this isn't even in the same. I mean, for one thing, it's. Not even in the same league. It's not even the same league as the Exxon Valdez. And to make it worse, the Exxon, Exxon Valdez doesn't hold a candle to any of these things, including that whopper. Wow, these are unbelievable. This is, so this is really interesting information. 
You know, and uh, yeah, this is the typical kind of stuff. And of course, this is buried uh, in the back pages, if there is such a thing, of the uh, of a of a BBC news magazine. Uh, somebody did some research, which we we hinted that this is the case, but I had no idea it was this this ridiculous. So I just posted that link in the chat room as well for people to bang about. Um, yeah, no, there have been how many other one, two, three, four, five, at least fifteen oil spills, which are magnitudes, magnitudes larger than Deepwater Horizon. And I and I don't know if it makes any difference, but I would like to point out the Exxon Valdez was uh, refined oil. I, there may be a difference between what is pooping out of the 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 seabed, uh, out of Mother Earth. And what comes from a tanker. I, I don't know if there's a difference there. Maybe one of our producers can figure that out. There may be some ecological differences. Uh, I don't know. But uh, it, it definitely does not seem to be... I thought the XN Valdez was pulling crude. Uh, well, but it wasn't refined? It was complete crude? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Usually usually the refiner... Well, I don't, I, I we don't, don't think know. there's a refinery up there. That's the reason I'm saying that. Yeah. So, so, so we we really don't know, but uh, well, we, we heard can the, look it up. Yeah, we heard the president say quite clearly, you know, this is of ec- epic proportions. And I will reiterate, this is the oil cabal. Uh, oil is down now, uh, so there's going to be a lot of buying going on. Uh, the way it works is this is now shipped uh, to Rotterdam, the Netherlands, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. It's put on barges, and this oil will float around for months. Even more than a year, if they have to, it could take two years. It's it, it's worth it. Have it floating around. They're gonna, you know, we can have all these freezing. No more drilling. That you can hear everyone talking about it now. And Bill Maher up front, stop. You know, uh, Brazil got off oil. We can do it. Let's stop it all. Stop oil. How did Brazil get off oil? Well, they didn't. They didn't. That's no, the point. And he was called on it too. But it, it, that's irrelevant. The the, the the meme is out there. Is oil bad? It's going to kill us. And uh, but meanwhile, this is a cabal that has been going on for for sixty. And talking years. about ecological disasters, when the uh, in the Gulf War One, when the Iraqis pulled out of the uh, Kuwait and set the entire oil field ablaze. I mean, geez, yeah, what a mess. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, there are no more. You know, no one's showing satellite pictures of the oil slick. Is this thing come ashore yet? Where Where are the pictures of the? Uh, of you know, the birds? I got real lucky when I was in New Orleans because I was going to go. I had a plan to go to the shore to get pictures of the oil washing up, and it took. It was going to be like an hour drive to get to where it would probably hit. And I said, I don't know. Do we have any reports that this stuff's actually there? I don't want to drive an hour and an hour back just to look at a. a you know, a, just this nothing. And so I decided against going to no. That's the point. It has it apparently it's a it, some of it's washed around Mississippi. Some of it's gone straight up to you know, and you can smell it. I guess, but that's about it. So I'm, work, I'm working on a theory, John, uh, which I need your help on. Uh, I need everybody's help on. Really, this is about um, two things: Ashmageddon and uh, and the UK elections. I believe I can start to tie these things together. So first of all, yeah, so uh, my sister Willow, who lives in Italy, uh, she sent me a little report. Uh, She has a friend who is a volcanologist, uh, and her volcanologist friend went uh, up to the uh, unpronounceable volcano and uh, said, wow, you know, first of all, it was pretty amazing. They were putting uh, uh, sensors in the volcano uh, at like 800 meters 
And then this thing started to bubble. And it is so violent, the air movement caused by these bubbles of lava bursting, she says you have to think of it like a pan of uh, boiling water, they broke the windows of their Jeep at the hotel 35 kilometers away. So this is like some real ferocious stuff going on. So the volcanologist says, who uh, measures active volcanoes, uh, closing down the entire European airway was definitely exaggerated. Maybe, maybe, maybe necessary in Northern Europe, Scandinavia. Um, and he also said it was very weird, because of course the volcanologist knows knows how this is supposed to work, that uh, the decision to shut everything down was done in the United Kingdom, while the Volcanic Ash Alert Center in Toulouse, France, is the one that's supposed to make the call. So I'm thinking, huh, why did that happen? And it came to me yesterday, as I'm uh, on Skype with my daughter, who uh, lives in Gitmo Nation East in, uh, in London, and she says, uh, I said, oh, so how's the, uh, the, the, what's the, the vibe on the elections, which I'll get into in a moment. She says, well, it's crazy, you know, the weather's gone crap again, it's like 8 degrees Celsius outside, and everyone's depressed, and we're all inside, and, you know, blah, just it's, it's horrible, we think the devil has something to do with all of it. Now, of course, she's my daughter, so take that with a grain of salt. And then I'm thinking, okay, what actually happened? So, uh, John, you and I were both watching a C-SPAN for the live BBC coverage, uh, which was a little bit of an anticlimax because something new happened this year, which hasn't happened in 30 years. They wound up with a hung government. And that's not something that you might see on a TSA naked body scanner. It actually means they don't have a clear majority, so they have to form a coalition. Now, this hasn't happened since... You're 19- talking about in England. In England, yes. This hasn't happened since uh, 1974. And, of course, the first thing that hit me is they changed the way they were doing the elections. What did they do? They set up the game show idea that we have here in the States, and they added the Susan Boyle of politics to the mix, Nick Clegg. So they could have put lots of people in these debates, but they only let Gordon Brown, the current prime minister and uh, head of the Labour Party... David Cameron, head of the opposition, the conservatives, and they threw in uh, elitist Nick Clegg. And, I, and, of course, it makes so much sense. They wanted a hung jury, a, a hung government. They, because it's so obvious, if you're going to have a close race, all you could do, do is throw in one more party. We've seen that in the United States, where it, you know, you, you, if someone runs as an independent, it dilutes the whole mix. So the conservatives did not get the majority, and now you have to have either a coalition of the... Uh, conservatives with the liberal Democrats or with labor and the liberal Democrats. And none of these guys agree. They have very fundamental differences on very fundamental pieces. Uh, And this is now all in limbo. By the way, the queen is the one who decides. She can actually say, nope, that's not good enough. Go back and come back with a different government. I don't like it. So now the queen is in charge of what, what government the United Kingdom will get. But here's what's happened before this. They shut down all air travel. Everyone was happy because the skies were blue. It was beautiful. Birds were tweeting. Uh, yeah, there were lots of people who couldn't come back from vacation. And there were, you know, but a couple thousand people, whatever, who couldn't. Who gives a crap? Keep them out of the country. We want everybody happy. There's no chemtrailing going on. This is nice. Let's just all go vote. So they bring in the, the, 
this Nick Clegg guy, oh, he could be fantastic, we love him, he's speaking so well, completely duped into creating a hung government, then boom, Ashmageddon is over, boom, everyone's depressed because they don't want people to be, get smart like the Greek and go out and riot in the streets. In fact, they're being told to shut up. There's a great clip on Sky News where people are demonstrating, saying, hey, wait a minute, we did, we're going to get a government we didn't vote for. This is messed up. Now they're behind closed doors again, and the woman from Sky News, actually, I should, I should probably play that clip, John. It's outrageous. Kay Burley, have you heard about this? No, play it. She's talking to a, a, a protester of something called 38 Degrees, which I'm not quite sure what the, what the organization is. Uh, and this we, guy, We've actually talked about them. Oh, you're right, yes. Well, so he's trying to say, hey, wait a minute, we're going to get something we didn't vote for, and she is telling him to shut up, slave. It is an amazing piece of uh, video. Here it comes. ...to the politicians. This is an opportunity to change our political system for the better, to give people fair votes. Yes, but your views are not going to sway the people that are talking behind closed doors at the moment, are they? There's a real risk at this moment that... Um, Lots of shady deals go on behind closed doors, but the public gets locked what out. What makes them shady? The public well, have, this is what the public have voted for. This is democracy in action. The, the public have voted for a hung parliament. We've got exactly what we voted for. And what people voted for, we, we believe, and 38 Degrees members are telling me in their thousands, is they voted with hope for something better. And that they see that now in this situation, yeah, things could go either way, and they want to make their voices heard. They're, they're 65% of the British population who are eligible for, to vote, vote for a hung parliament. Yes, and in voting for a hung parliament... So you marching down past Westminster this afternoon will make no difference whatsoever? We are, we are standing together to send a really clear message to politicians that what this result reflects is the fact that our current political system is letting us down. But they know that. That's why they're negotiating. That's why they're talking at the moment. You marching past here is not going to make any difference. I think if there's one thing that we've seen over the last year is so he's being real politicians nice. to get on with it and do the right yeah, thing. Yeah, she's a dick. Well, wait. Without public scrutiny and without a strong message from us. 65% of the electorate have decided that they trust their politicians to organise a hung parliament either a minority conservative government or a majority government that's formed through a coalition. What people voted for was they voted for they not? Did they vote for that or not? They voted with hope. With, with hope Is that what they voted for or not? Did they vote for that or not? That's yes, exactly so, what they voted for. And what they voted So why are you protesting against it? We're not protesting so what are you against protesting anything. For? We're protesting for well, something. We're protesting against something. We're protesting for something. What, what we're are you protesting, protesting for? for is a change to politics, for fair votes. That's, for, what, that's what they're negotiating at the moment. Well, so that's why do you we, need to protest? That's what we really hope. They're already doing it. What we you really, might as well go home and watch it on Sky News. We, some people will be watching it on Sky News and exactly. crossing their fingers. Why will they be some crossing their fingers? They're testing sending... their politicians. They've given them the mandate and that's what they're doing. Some people, lots of us, believe All right, that's enough. Well, at the end, so, she at the end she really goes off. So anyway, so she's basically telling him, "Shut up, slave." Well, you know, crap. here's the joke of it. Right from the beginning, she keeps making this false assertion that he doesn't. I don't know why he didn't catch it, but the false assertion she hounds him about it, and the false assertion is we voted for a hung government. Yeah, I know. I love how she says that. The, the people voted for how do you a hung vote government. For a hung government. Where is it on the ballot? Oh, I want. I want a hung government. Nobody voted for a hung government. Who is she kidding? And who's giving her her marching orders? Well, Murdoch, of course, because it's Sky News. Now, but wait, it gets better. So this weekend, 
while the government of the United Kingdom has no government, or is not a government, the Chancellor of the Exchequer is in Brussels, where they are putting together a bailout Europe fund, which is rumored to be a minimum of 80 billion euros, because, of course, we know that Spain, Portugal, Italy, the United Kingdom even, other countries are all going to run into the same deficit problem. They won't be able to pay back their money that they borrowed to the banks, banks like Citibank, Goldman Sachs, etc. And uh, so they're putting together, without any real consent or without a government, they're putting together this huge pot of money, which will be coming out of this, this poor sap's pocket, amongst others. They're voting for all kinds of shit to go on. And I believe, and this is, I just didn't have the time. I believe, John, there's actually a provision in the Lisbon Treaty, which is the European Constitution, that until there is a government, rule of law defaults back to European Parliament. <laughs> uh, so that may be oh, This a, is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it could now, be. Now, on top of that, um, there can be uh, you have to, the 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 politics of the of the United Kingdom with Scotland and Ireland very complicated. You've got the Celtic governments. I, mean, I in my head smoke comes out of my ears, but there could be a there's talk of a constitutional crisis with this hung government, which I just don't understand enough of yet. But back to the Ashmageddon bit. So now so now we've got everyone you know pissed off, but we're we're subduing them by. <laughs> by chemtrailing the air, we've got all you know. We've got all the chemicals back in. Let me finish my thought. We've got all the chemicals back in. People are subdued. The weather's crap. We're not outside. It's not great weather like Greece, so we're not that motivated to go out and burn shit and burn banks and riot. So that was successful. So we're gonna now. What has to happen is we have to turn on the ash, uh, the fake ash machine again. Because we've got to make people happy when we come out with this uh, with this wonderful news and how we're going to run the, com- the the country. So again, we're going to make everybody happy by clearing the skies. It's already happening in all of uh, northern Spain. Airports are closed again. Not allowed to fly. Uh, flights from uh, the United States are now diverted around this fake ash cloud that takes them two hours longer to fly to Europe. So it's just going to happen again because we have another... Uh, vote coming up in Gitmo Nation lowlands. They're just using this thing to, to to control people, to remove everything, close it up again. Remove everything, close it up again. Yeah, They're messing well, with people's yeah. psyche, and it's about total control of the United States of Europe. Well, you know, I think of all the theories you've come up with over the last six months or so, uh, this is the one that with the most holes and uh, <laughs> I told you I was working on it. Yeah, the camp trails. You threw that in gratuitously for no no apparent reason. No, because I believe that. And the uh, by the way, I have we have friends in Cornwall who say that the, at least in their part neck of the woods, everybody's freaked out about this ash cloud, thinking it's going to create all kinds of health problems. Even though it's 800 miles away, and I said, is it, the thing is 800 miles away. That's the distance from San Francisco to Seattle, which, by the way, takes 24 hours on a train. The distance from uh, San Francisco to Seattle, it's about 800 miles. It, it when the these things blow, it, it just the stuff either goes into the upper atmosphere and stays up there and floats around the globe, cutting off the sun, or it comes down, and it comes down usually within the 800 mile area. And so, this, but they got everybody all freaked out over there. They're worried sick. 
Well, whatever it is, I think that please, country's hopeless. Yeah, please don't pay any attention to your government because you don't have one, and the queen is in charge, and as we know, she's evil. So the pound is down to a buck forty-eight. That's the good news. Yeah, and the euro uh, buck twenty-seven. Yeah, one twenty-seven. Yeah, there's another weird thing going on, John. Uh, a report came out. President Carter, I guess, uh, commissioned a study, an annual study, a cancer study. And it's called the uh, the PCP report, which I think is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it's the President's Cancer Panel. And, yeah. And uh, so this just came out for uh, 2008, 2009. And the panel concludes Americans are being bombarded with cancer-causing chemicals and radiation, and the federal government must do far more to protect them. And immediately... We get, and there's some great, great reading material in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Immediately, the American Cancer Society comes out and says, oh, you know, you need to focus on people smoking. You need to focus on uh, obesity, uh, whatever it is, please. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. And one of the reporters pulls apart the uh, National uh, Cancer, uh, was it Society? That, guess who they're who they're heavily funded by? Chemical companies. Yeah, Monsanto. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Monsanto, of course, is uh, highly responsible for a lot of the crap that is in the ground, chemicals that are all over the place. Um, and the Cancer Society is like, no, no, that's that's unimportant. Stop smoking. Which, by the way, of course, is good advice. Um. But you should look into this because yeah, this is it'll, being that advice will stay until Monsanto gets a hair up its ass about a genetically altered tobacco that doesn't cause cancer, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to get the vaccine as soon as it comes out, John. It's, 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 I'm going to be, I'm going to be set, baby. Not a problem. So uh, you got a couple yeah. more clips we should probably do that's, before we get out of here. That's the bad news. Yeah. You, you got any more clips? Yeah. This would go back to uh, try to lighten things up again. Sorry. Which is my job. Uh, so, uh, the, the, you know, the, the show 30 Rock, which has all these interesting kinds of um, gags. Uh, the, apparently, the National Orga- Organization of Women slammed him for being feminine, uh, you know, being... Uh, a sexist and having, you know, just being a terrible, and it's a written and produced by a woman, Tina Fey. And I was talking to my wife about this because my wife hates the show. And like my son's girlfriend hates the show. A lot of women hate the show. And I, I tried to get, get my wife to explain why. And she says that Tina Fey uh, kind of promotes uh, a, the kind of the worst kind of, you know, uh, self-absorbed uh, women characters, women who are so insecure that they, their whole life's a mess. It's, it apparently makes a lot of women nervous hmm. because the whole show is actually from a female's perspective, according to my wife. And so uh, and this and it makes for some reason it's a, a, a type of perspective that just it's hard to watch if you're a female. <laughs> so. I ran into this clip, which I labeled 30 Rock Angst, which I think probably epitomizes the kind of kind of crazy uh, uh, angst that a lot of women must have. Because this is Tina Fey putting it. She's going to be a bridesmaid at some wedding. 
and they gave given her a size Vietnamese size two to wear that she can't fit into, and uh, is a bridesmaid's dress. And then she goes into a meeting where there's a whole bunch of moms from Mother's Day gathered around, and there are all these women, all weird. And and this scene just kind of amused me. It's the bridesmaid's dress. I'm gonna die in here. Bridesmaid. It's bad luck for a married woman to be a bridesmaid. It brings fever and disease. Yeah, well, I'm not actually married, so... Not even common law? How do you get credit at a mattress store? You know, my Johnny's single, and he gets excellent back rubs, I can assure you. Thank you, Mrs. Lutz, and thank you, moms, for your interest, but I just haven't met the one yet. Oh, for crying out loud, Liz. You see, that's what feminism does. It makes smart girls with nice birthing shapes believe in fairy tales. Stop waiting for your prince, Liz. I'm not waiting for a prince. I'm waiting for astronaut Mike Dexter. Oh, sweet Lord in heaven. Who turns out to be the secret king of Monaco. Liz, you're almost 40. You're not going to find some new kind of man. Whoever the one is, you probably already met him. You're 40? John is looking for a greener banana. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because maybe that has a lot to do with with the fact that the show is award-winning because you can't deny how funny it is, but that no one watches it. It was <laughs> well, because half the audience are women. Yeah, they're like, they I don't want to watch that crap. It makes their teeth itch, I guess. Yeah, I can understand. We don't watch it here. I can understand that. Interesting. Yeah, I, full, I find it full interesting. Of, full of good memes, though, there. Oh, I mean, it's just, yeah, that had a million of them. And it's just that, but I like the fact that a married woman who's a bride made it creates fever. Yeah. <laughs> <Bad luck. laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have anything else there or? No, that was the it. That was it for the 30 Rock thing. It's just an observation. I just thought that clip was, I just thought the clip was funny. Did you see that? Uh, someone sent us that link about. Canelos, the Greek protest dog. Did you yeah, see that? I, I I didn't blog that, but I should have. I think I tw- tw- twittered it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's from the Guardian in the UK, and they have all these pictures of uh, riots in uh, mainly Athens, and the same dog keeps uh, cropping up, and he's always in front of the protesters, and he's always uh, you know. I, I can't believe it's not photoshopped in, but I do have to say there's two dogs. That is not the same dog. One of the dogs. I agree. Yeah, one of the dogs is the yellow different. dog. It's one of these yellow dogs. We used to have a dog like that. Uh, very intelligent dog. Typically, they're like a, uh, a, a Australian razor a Ridgeback. Only they don't have the ridge, and the, uh, the one had a kind of a, a canary colored. Uh, stomach and the other one didn't but it's still this dog yeah i thought it was uh i thought it was just interesting because you know he's a spy yeah it's like hey you know there's actual you know forget reptilian leaders the dog is in charge there it's like he's like he's running the whole show it's great and but for the guardian to publish this was just interesting yeah well somebody must have put two and two together when they saw these pictures yeah where it's some dog lover uh, I have another one. It's kind of an interesting kind of a meme that I'm not sure what to make of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's something that came to my mind a number of times. And it, and they actually they they it's a it's a meta idea that that showed up on the on the uh, Mentalist show where everybody's in the uh, CBI, the California Bureau of Investigation, and this scene ensues. This the one? Yeah. 
Yeah. Alec Mosca. Why, who are you? Agents Cho and Rigsby, CBI. Please open the door. Who? CBI, sir. Let us in. Uh, sure. Does that actually exist, the California Bureau of Investigation? Well, that is the issue that comes to, to play here in this clip. Okay. CBI, no problem. Uh, look, I'm in my skivvies, so uh, give me a second to get presentable, all right? Think he's going to put his pants on before he hits the window? No, I do not. Mr. Mosca! I swear. The hell are you talking about? Mike sent you, right? To collect on the Boston Philly bet? Oh, crap. Face the wall. Put your hands on your head. Who are you guys? Remember the badge? CBI. What the hell is that? California Bureau of Investigation. What the hell is that? Well, like the FBI, only more conveniently located. <laughs> We're like the FBI, ma'am, only more conveniently located for your protection. Let me say, I'm very sorry for the misunderstanding at my door. I had no idea you were cops. We showed you our badges and identified ourselves. You never watch movies? That's how the bad guys do it. No, it's not. Sit down. So... Yeah. So there is a Bureau of Investigation and Intelligence out of the Office of the Attorney General in the state of California, yeah. which is I, yeah, the BII. But what this clip brings to, to focus into focus is the guy's got a badge. So what? I never heard of the CBI. Nobody has. And this criminal hasn't. So they did a meta scene here. But they brought up the issue twice. Well, I showed you a badge as if a badge is, is, has, proof. Has some, is it, proof of anything. Could be a no agenda minute man for all we know. You know, the uh, a lot of grand juries uh, give badges to the uh, participants, and the, they usually keep the badges. It's, it's always it's something of a scandal in California. They keep the badge, and then you know they show them to cops if they get pulled over for speeding. Right. But this this idea that you know you come up and you show a badge, and then you say I'm with the something or other, you know, the BII or the PUK or the <laughs> whatever. You're supposed to like, oh, okay, whatever you say, I, I, whatever it is, because I see that badge, that must be it. You know, I have to kowtow, I have to knuckle under. Uh, here's my this, here's my badge, ma'am. I am a life changer. <laughs> life changer badge. Who we need? <laughs> yeah, we have to, There's our next promotion. Life changers become a no agenda life changer. Get a That's badge. Me. <laughs> We're have, but that'll be a minute. That'll go on for a month. Next month will be yeah, good. But this, life. Is, this is also just more uh, conditioning. Yeah, totally conditioning. Mind controlling, getting saw, you ready. saw the badge. That's all that counts. Yeah, shut Never up, Steve. Yep, shut up, Steve. Saw the badge. That's what the bad guys do. No, they don't. Hey, remember um, on Thursday I played you that clip from uh, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, I should say, and they were you know they're saying we know where you live. If you don't pay your taxes, we know where you live. So they now they've not come out with a newspaper ad to follow up. And uh, it's a PDF, but it's linked in the show notes. You have to see it. Big orange box. This is a full-page ad, I think. Dear tax advisors, colon, we regret to announce the imminent death of Mr. Nice Guy. And then it points down below. What? Yeah, let me, let me give you the subtext. This is from the uh, Pennsylvania Tax Authority. If you have clients who owe us back taxes in Pennsylvania, 
Please remind them that our generous tax amnesty offer will expire on June 18th, and with it, our Mr. Nice Guy attitude. If your clients pay up now, online, we'll skip all penalties and take half off of their interest. But after June 18th, well, things could get complicated. <laughs> run by the mob? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love it? Things could get complicated. That's unbelievable. I mean, this That's is- unbelievable. I think they have to, whoever's behind this program needs to be voted out of office. This, I mean, it, and what is it, wrong with the people of Pennsylvania? They put up with this kind of threatening attitude of their government. It's supposed to be serving them, by the way. One eight not seven terrorizing. Seven. This is an act of terrorism. Yeah, it's total terrorism. One eight seven seven three four. Pay up, slave. Pay up. Pay up. Pataxpayup.com. I wonder if they have more on the. Let's check the website for a second. See if it's more threatening there. Pataxpayup.com. tax. Payup.com. I just find that unbelievable that, you know, hey, things might get complicated if you don't pay up, slave. Yeah, if you owe PA back taxes, we know who you are. It says right down on the website. With a, with, a, with a Google Earth zoom in to someone's house. A satellite view. Tim's Co. owes $3,211 in back taxes. We know where you live. That's pretty outrageous. Take a look at it. Yeah. It's just like, wow. Why don't they just get Joe Pesci as a spokesperson? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I wouldn't put it past them. That would be awesome. That would be totally cool, by the way. <laughs> Joe Pesci as the, as the Pennsylvania Tax Authority spokesman. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well... They're going to yeah. get your attention, that's for sure. We'll have more unbelievable stuff on our next show, I'm sure. i got a bunch of stuff still backed up, and uh, we'll probably get back to the Arizona thing uh, a little bit, because we're getting some people saying, yeah, a lot of this is BS, which is not unanticipated. Um, got anything else? I'm done for the day. No, I, I think uh, I think we pretty much covered it all. Uh, I am going to continue working on my, uh, my theory, but I'm keeping... <sighs> I'm keeping a very close eye on uh, the United Kingdom. I'm at this point. I'm I'm actually a little saddened that I that I'm not there in the middle of it all, so I could get a lot more because so much is happening. And uh, I'm going to be. Uh, someone sent me some information about some some little thing in the Lisbon Treaty with hung governments. I'm tr- I'm going through the. I mean, it's it's thousands of pages of crap, uh, but I'm going to find it. And, of course, again, the Queen has the ultimate uh, say. And we're about to see the same thing happening in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. June 9th, the they way, have their election. Yeah. By the way, the, we, the Americans have always been led to believe that the Queen really has no power and she's only symbolic. Oh, no. No, no. She's, she's in total charge. She's, everything, by the way, there is signed in the Queen's name. Every law is in the Queen's name. She has total control. And on that happy note, my friends, shall we end the clip with that uh, cartoon thing? End the show with that? The Obama versus Obama? Oh, yeah, the, the Fiori cartoon thing would be yeah, great. We'll do that. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Southern California, A. owned by the people, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, the sun's finally peering out. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Oh, hello again. I'm 
Fuzzy the Conciliation Caterpillar with the first installment of Obama versus Obama. <laughs> I love President Obama because he's so cute and filled with good math. But which Obama said what when? This Obama called the Defense of Marriage Act abhorrent and said he'd fight it. But this one loves it so much, his administration defended it in court and compared gay marriage to incest. I love both Obamas because together, at least one of them is always right. <laughs> this Obama made my heart pitter-patter when he said America didn't have to make a false choice between security and liberty. But this Obama instituted preventive detention to allow indefinite imprisonment with no charges. Maybe another Obama will establish a division of future crime to crack down on bad thoughts to come. <laughs> this Obama said, I will work for a full repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and it'll start when I take office. But this Obama sent his lawyers to stand up for Don't Ask, Don't Tell in court. You see, one way or another, Obama is right. <laughs> Not long ago, I almost piddled myself with excitement when this Obama promised to make his administration the most open and transparent in history. But now this Obama keeps secrecy alive and well by trying to hide torture evidence, domestic spying documents, and CIA rendition details. <laughs> There's a little something in Obama for everyone to love. You just have to find the right Obama for you. <laughs>